0: Hey everybody, this episode is brought to you by our proud title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, the next generation of off-ice hockey training for players and goalies. Look, we know how much you invest in your children's hockey development, the early mornings, the travel, and let's not forget the expenses of training for hockey camps, private ice time, the general expenses of the season, it's a lot. But wouldn't it be great to bring that on-ice practice experience home that's fun, fits into your schedule, and that's affordable? If you said yes, which I'm sure you did, you've got to check out NHL Sense Arena. It's a top-tier virtual reality training game that brings the on-ice practice experience home so you can practice anytime and anywhere, literally. You can transform any part of your home into a virtual ice rink where you're getting unlimited access to over 100 drills, training plans from top coaches and players, weekly drill challenges, and more that focus on improving hockey sense and physical cognitive skills, starting at just $33 $33 per month. That is a lot cheaper than an hour of ice time. The physical side of hockey gets a lot of attention, but we don't focus enough on the mental side of it. It's something we talk about on this show all the time. NHL Centering provides an immersive solution for players to sharpen those skills when ice time is limited or not affordable and they want to get those extra reps in. So, for our listeners, NHL Centering is offering an exclusive $50 off their annual plan. All you got to do is head over to their website, hockey.sensorina.com. Again, hockey.sensorina.com and use our code HockeyNeverStops and you'll level up your off-ice training by using NHL Sensorina. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting us and NHL Sensorina. Enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hockey friends and families around the world, welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm Lee Elias and joined as always by Christy Cassiano Burns and Mike Benelli. Live, I mean, not if you're listening to this as a podcast, but we're live when we're talking, when, when we record this. And today's topic is all about equipment. And we know this is a, a fan favorite topic because equipment costs lots and lots of money. And hockey is a sport that is maybe one of the most expensive sports of all time, whether you have one kid, or four kids, or 10. If you have a wallet, it's most likely empty. If you're a hockey parent, I've been hearing that for years. So we wanted to do a special episode today with some tips and tricks about equipment, what the right things to do, the wrong things to do. Probably most importantly for you listening is really where to spend your dollars, because there's a lot of mistakes people make to save money where they probably shouldn't. And then adversely, there's a lot of mistakes people do to spend money when they probably shouldn't. So we wanted to give you guys some tips with that. And make sure that you're going well so christy actually came up with this topic so christy i want to let you talk for a little bit about this because again i'm the newest hockey parent here personally right now i've, I've played hockey so I, i've had to dish out my own money for my own equipment but i've never really done it from a parental point of view so christy why did you want to do this uh episode? All right,
1: right right now a lot of garage sales are happening so people are putting out their hockey gear and hockey parents are looking for some deals and steals which is great you can pick up some pick up some really good used equipment in garage sales um so so check the condition of it very carefully right and i do want to caution especially about helmets It's one of my pet peeves you should never buy a huge used helmet because you want to protect that noggin that's so important and you don't know what that helmet has been through also, um, you know, if you're tempted to buy one, there's a hex sticker that you should look for. So look at that and see what the date is on it. For, this For, one for those of you listening,
0: and- for those of you listening, Christy yeah. just held up a, a helmet. And uh, maybe you don't know this. Okay, we'll start with, we're going to go through actually multiple points of equipment. Right. But helmets have certifications that they have right. to have, right? And they do actually have expiration dates too. So go ahead. Just make sure you're describing what we're looking at.
1: Right. So you look at the sticker and it says certified 2015. So that's, that's outdated. I grabbed my son's helmet and he's like, wow, that looks like such a great helmet. And it really is. It's beautiful. (laughs) looks like it's in great shape. But then look at the date. That one expired in 2008. You certainly don't want to buy a helmet like that. Right. And always buy a new helmet. I just think it's a, it's a better idea. Again, you don't know what that helmet has been through. Um, you know, it's just safer for your kids. You don't want to skimp on that. Other stuff yeah. you could buy um, knee pads, you know, look at them carefully, make sure they're in great shape, make sure right. they fit right. You want to make sure that the knee pad goes a little bit below the knee. And, uh, when your pants are fitting over make sure the pants go a little bit. This is right. what I meant to the say. The pants go below yeah. the knee. Our kids go through so many growth spurts. I've had coaches tell me in the middle of the season, Hey, your kid needs new pants. And right. you're like, what? I just bought <laughs> a pants. Well, look at them! All of a sudden, they're above the knee. I've got a story and not about giving that. Giving them later. the protection, these kids grow like weeds during the I, season. I've got
0: a story for that. For those. so let's stay on the helmets for a minute because I kind of want to go through each piece of equipment. Yeah. So- Basically there's three or four really important pieces of equipment that you really need to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. And then there's others that are, they're a little less important. I don't mean in terms of protective, but you don't have to invest an incredible amount of money into them to be safe. But when it comes to a helmet, Christy is a hundred percent, right? Especially today, when you look at the the time period we're in, look, things with CTE concussions, um, any type of head injury, uh, medical science and technology have really advanced over the last 10 years in that, prior than any other period. So first things first, if you have a helmet that was expired over 10 years ago, I would recommend heavily, heavily, do not use it even to practice, okay? Um, One of the things about helmets that I've heard parents say this, well, my kid doesn't check yet. And I go, does your kid fall down? Yeah. (laughs) Does your kid fall down? Because if your kid falls down, they're hitting their head. So, um, and and Mike, I want to get your thoughts on this too, but uh, Christy's 100% right. Invest well in helmets. Do not let your kid tell you, they don't need a new helmet if it's too small or if it's not fitting correctly or if it's expired. Um, by far, the most important piece of equipment your kid's going to have is their helmet. Right, Mike? Right, I mean, no. it's, you got to invest.
1: All right, I've got one on because, Mike.
0: She's putting it on right now for those of you listening. Make sure now, you watch this. this episode if you're listening to the podcast. If you want to see, see Christy a burns in her helmet.
1: To me, that's not a good fit.
0: Right, it's wobbling it's, on her head.
1: It's yeah. wobbling on my head. How should that fit? Rest on a kid's head. Explain that to every parent out there.
2: Yeah, so you gotta. So you could see on that helmet. I know these helmets here, like this, this. So some the 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 more advanced helmets that are coming out now actually are fitted from the inside rather than fitting on a shell. So right now that Bauer helmet and CCM and you know a lot of helmets, right? Every helmet I grew up with, you know, was was a two piece right shell. So you have screws on the side and you put the, you open it up, put it on the kid's head, close it till it didn't right. move. And then there's your helmet. So with science and the way these helmets are coming out now, you know, all that technology is now getting put into like the, the, the bed of the helmet where the, where the head is going to be. And that's what's being adjusted. So you adjust, you know, you're adjusting the pads, you're adjusting the, 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 the stuff inside. Right. So that the helmet is floating on this other, you know, this other stabilizing piece. And that's, you know, if you look at what football helmets have done, lacrosse helmets have done, they're going with a lot less pieces and the more protection on, in right. the inside. And I think uh, I would agree wholeheartedly a hundred percent. The helmet is like where, where I just don't even understand how somebody would skimp elbow pads, shin guards, skimp on all. If you're a, if you have to save money on anything, Save money on those pieces. You can't right. save money on a helmet uh, with a proper fitting face shield. You see some of the kids, like Christy, when you put that helmet on, and if, you could, if you're watching the episode, mm-hmm. if that helmet's if that if that chin piece is below the chin, it's actually going to cause more damage than right. not having a mask on at all. So I think uh, you know where that chin piece is. You see that chin piece is already <laughs> below your neck almost. You know, so that when you get a, when you get hit, now it's obviously your son's helmet, but yeah. just having all those pieces uh, mm-hmm. clips anything that's attaching that mask on the helmet mm-hmm. you just want to make sure it's fit and if you're a new hockey parent you know go to your local shop these are where they, that's where they get you know that's why they get paid the big bucks mm-hmm. get a proper fitted helmet that will you know the, and the nice thing is most helmets are going to grow with you over at least right. two to three years you're, you're most Not likely later. until you're in high school aren't going to get a helmet that that's the last helmet you buy right uh, and you want a nice snug fit too
1: how do you feel about a lot of times oh, when kids were little, they'd be a little loose, so they put extra padding in there to make it snug. How do you feel about that, or should we just go with a helmet that fits better? What do you think? Yeah, well, you that, want the hel- you I don't have- want the
2: helmet jiggling around. The whole idea right. is that it's not a you know it's not just laying on your head; it's protecting your head. So right. I think I think when you talk to you know helmet manufacturers, I think that's why they're going towards this other system now, where yeah. all the adjustments are getting made on the inside and right. like right like when you're seeing padding let me see this one like this one this one the padding comes out and then they'll gotcha. have a thicker a thicker pad that will go in there and adjust the helmet for your kid and again the nice thing too is <clears throat> you'll hear most of the kids like that's probably one of the most un- uh, uh you know uncomfortable pieces of equipment too that a new player gets so like ah oh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's heavy on my head or like my yeah. eye, my, my 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 bangs are in the way just get a good properly fitting helmet. You have girls that have ponytails. You got to watch how that helmet's fitting with, you know, any kind of other things that are on their heads. So I think it's just a matter of a good fitting helmet that attaches to the chin, but professionally get it fit. And there's all kinds of ways that that can be adjusted. But I think once you get that helmet that fits and it's comfortable and, you know, a player can, whether it's an eye tech, you know, uh, 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 you know, a a see-through face shield or, or a cage, Mm-hmm. Just want you just want the the biggest thing is you want it to fit properly on the head so it's not wobbling around on their on their head. Mike, and I you want to see this all the time, right? Our new players, they got yes. a brother or sister's helmet. It's been in the family for fifteen years, and right. they just keep giving it <laughs> to the next kid. Yeah, you know? not, that's got
1: that to stop, parents. Buy yeah. them a new helmet. Invest in a helmet.
0: Yeah, if the, anything else, you would invest in
1: invest in the helmet.
0: And yeah, Mike, I do want to echo a couple of things you just said as well. Is that uh, this is an item you do want to go to a pro shop for. I think a lot of parents can think, well, these guys don't really care. Uh, every pro shop person I've known, they, they're, they're kind of trained to do this correctly because it's a liability if they're not. So, um, you know, if you're yeah. not sure that's if or if you have any questions, go to a pro shop and, you know, with things opening up again, obviously go to a pro shop and have someone fit your kid for the right helmet. Uh, odds are they're not trying to swindle you to get the most expensive helmet. They're going to try and get you the right helmet I and mean, helmets are expensive, but That's why you go to a pro shop. All right. You want to take the time with the helmet, uh, make sure as Christy said that it's also to date, they do have expiration dates. Um, you know, I was going to tell that funny joke about, you know, Mike, I think when we were kids, the helmet was made more with an external impact in mind of like, Oh, if the puck hits me in the head, I don't want my head to crack open. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. But, uh, yeah, the technology has turned towards, no, we had to protect the brain from actually falls and hits, uh, not just the puck hitting, um, in a helmet. So, well, ever, ever evolving technology, right? That on top of and at the youth and hockey, make level,
1: your kid wear a mouth guard, too,
0: right? <laughs> Please. Yes. Well, well the, youth, the, youth, yeah.
2: the youth hockey level, you know, it's all about obviously the helmet, but it's about how that face guard fits on that helmet. It, it's right. not, you know, you don't just have a half shield, you're the youth hockey player, they're going to wear a, a face shield probably for the their whole hockey career you know 98 percent of the players out there so just learn how you know what that feels like chrissy exactly like me i'm i'm so i i fall either way sometimes on the mouth guard thing with the way they're storing it whether i like the hookups because it's always there but right. then do the kids clean them they take them off, <laughs> you know. It's like holy moly, like me, like I, you know. Again, going back to that that the conversations we had, you know, earlier, you know, about cleaning your equipment. Sometimes, you know, that mouth guard that goes attaches to the helmet stays on a helmet for you know right. six months season. So, or yeah, if it
1: season. doesn't, it ends up in the bottom of the hockey bag, right. Right. Which is right. really gross.
2: And mouth guards are getting to get a, Yeah, I
1: yeah. used to get a plastic bag and a container and and make Sophie and Joe. Put their mouth guards in there when we got home i would clean
0: yeah. it you know i put it in you know toothpaste
1: rinse it out mouthwash yeah, just scrub be. it clean you bring takes two seconds.
0: seconds you know is make it part of the routine make it part of the routine like yeah. so my, my son uh again my son's younger but my son knows that you know after practice we get the jerseys we get the socks and the undergarments out and we put them in the washing machine it's part of the routine and he, if he doesn't do it he gets in trouble so i think the same thing with the mouth guard especially now when we're <laughs> all germaphobes <laughs> sure. right Uh, you know, just tell your kid, take your mouth guard off, put it in this uh, tin and we're going to wash it every game. Um, and listen, parents don't, don't forget to explain why you're doing that. You know, that's something that we just got to wash it. No, you you know, listen. There's a lot of germs in your mouth. There's a lot of germs in your bag and, uh, we we don't want to get it sick. We don't want you to get sick. Right. Um, And I
1: think kids get it a little bit better today after COVID. (laughs) I think it was a hard time explaining that to my kids pre COVID. But now everybody gets it. Yeah. They understand yeah. the importance of cleaning and washing, disinfecting, right. um, because they want their lives to
0: get back to yeah. normal. I think for the next it's 20 a- years, we're all going to be expert at hand washing finally. And maybe maybe people will actually start wearing masks when they're sick for a change, too. That would be yeah, nice.
2: Exactly. Gone. Well, I think yeah. as a youth hockey parent, too, it's so imperative to teach your kids. Like, that's part of the protection piece that, you know, a lot of kids don't wear mouth guards until it's mandated. Right. What mm-hmm. happens is then they can't wear them and they, they can't yeah. get used to them. And and then you got, then you evolve like a teenager is going from a mouth guard that with, with a mouth guard that's fit for braces and, you know, knowing how to <laughs> wear those. So I think, any yeah. So anytime you can, you know, anytime you can start, um, you know, putting your son or daughter in the proper equipment as early as possible and learn that this is just like a neck guard, right? It's just, Learn huh. learn what is the protective equipment to wear. Get them in as early as possible. Get them used to what that is so that it's not so foreign to them when you ask them to do it when they're 11, 12 years old. Right. Now they have like gag reflexes going on. And they can't <laughs> they can't. Right. like, I can't ever wear this mouth it guard. look cool. And then the kids that just wear it, you know, right. on the side, they're you're not even wearing it. They're just kind of holding it in their mouth. <clears throat> and I think you know, that's just a, a matter also of you know, know, everything fitting.
0: Yeah, mouth guards are also part of the concussion equation too. They're really important, uh, especially when you're getting into the, the checking ages. Uh, mouth guards are not just important for your teeth. They're important for concussions because, as we know, when you get hit really hard, you bite down with your teeth. and that's So they're probably
2: more things. important for concussions. I mean, right. I mean they're, they're, right now with the face shield, the mouth guard right. really isn't protecting your teeth anymore. It's no. really for that, yeah. it's for that concussion Impact. protocol. The helmet, the face guard, the mouth guard, they all act as as a protective layer right. uh, for, for a contact sport. And yeah. I would say right. that. I don't important. think a lot of parents realize
1: that, that that's yeah. really a part of the whole protective Package right. when it comes to protecting the brain, you need right. that mouth guard you need that good helmet, you need yes. that cage. It's all coming. It's not one one is better than the other. All three work together to protect right. your kids. Right. And we
2: have my kids. I talked to my my the kids I coach, the, especially the teenage the boys it's always like, well, why do I got to wear a mouth guard in practice? I go, well, you're getting hit in practice a thousand times more than you ever will in the game. I said, this is actually where you're going to get hurt. Right. So I said, you you know, it's not just the neck guard and the mouth guard are, are there just for the games because it's the rules. The, the rules are in place to protect you. Right. So just get to a point where it's just part of the, the process of putting your equipment on.
0: Well, listen, I'm going to let you guys pick the next piece of equipment. Uh, Christy, I'm going to put you on the spot. You want okay. to talk about skates or sticks next
1: uh sticks
0: sticks that's a yeah. fun one. all three
1: hundred dollars oh don't say know. that don't
2: say that it doesn't have to be come on
1: <laughs> my kids are obsessed with their sticks okay yeah. <laughs> that they can spend hours in a pro shop just going down the line and trying out sticks and just drooling over the latest models And that's fun. But when they're little kids, you do not need to buy a $250 composite (laughs) stick for your six-year-old. You really don't. They're fine with the basic model. Another trick that I learned is at the end of the season, a lot of the pro shops want to get rid of merchandise. That's a great time to shop. You can get some really good deals on sticks and other gear because they want to move that stuff out because all the new models are coming in and they got to make room. You can get some good deals. Yeah do some shopping now. It's a great time to do it.
0: I I can Um, tell all of you listening to that as, as a child gets older or as their game evolves, there are advancements in stick technology that will benefit them. But as Christy's saying, when they're seven, 10, 12, you're still in the fundamental learning stages of the game. Now I'm not saying they need to grow up with a a piece of lumber like we did. uh, Although I think that can be very beneficial in a lot of ways to let (laughs) kids know the history of sticks, but you know, my kid has a has a sixty dollar stick, um, and it actually has no branding on it whatsoever. And I told him that yeah, when you learn how to puck handle and you learn how to shoot, we can start to talk about you know better sticks and things like that. I will also tell yeah. But what's the flex, flex
1: on it? What's right. the flex? He doesn't on need it? to know that. Right? Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> the funny part about flexes is you know when you cut when you cut a stick, you're changing the flex. You know, there's a lot of technology in sticks. And, and, yeah, there is. And don't yeah. get me wrong, which is like,
1: fun for your kids to yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah. It, it's. It, I mean, they'll. You'll hear them in the locker room talking about all that. And it's fantastic. It's really fascinating. But when they're six and seven years old, they don't have to have all the the bells and whistles that stick.
0: This is what I'll tell the parents. Remember this phrase, the player makes the stick. The stick does not make the player, okay? Um, I can give an NHL player almost any stick. I'm not saying they're going to like it, but they can still do most of the stuff they want to do with that stick. Um, I I will also tell parents this is a warning. If, uh, if you get your kid a top level stick, um, it is extremely hard as a player to go backwards from that stick. All right. Uh, I, I can tell you that. I've been using top level sticks for probably a couple decades now. Uh, and I have a hard time going down in levels from sticks because the technology is that good. Okay. So I'm making a counterpoint here now. It sounds like I'm saying, well, why would I not just get them the best stick? It's because at the younger ages, and Mike, I want you to speak about this, that you're still developing. Right. Once you have some uh, basic motor skills, once you have some muscle memory, that's when you might want to dive into, okay, let me find the right stick for me between high flex, mid flex, you know, the kick points. Like, again, when you figure out what type of player you are and you start getting into that level, that's when you want to start exploring stick options that, uh, you know, go towards you as a player, right, Mike, is that correct? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, if
2: you want early success for your players and your, your six, seven, eight-year-old players, I mean, the one suggestions I would make is not cut down your older son's stick and make it his stick, you know, for the six-year-old. Cause the, you know, the, the technology that's out there, well, it's always been out there. I mean, the shafts of the stick are smaller, right? The blades are smaller. Right. They're weighted differently. So you want that? You, you know, I don't know, I don't know if it's an advantage or just a, a, the chance to say, "Listen, this is just the proper stick." You wouldn't give your kid, you know, a 32-ounce bat, you know, when right. he when he's when he when he's uh, you know eight-year-old. Well, some parents would. Oh, he's got to get stronger, and he right. can swing yeah. that. He can swing anything. I get all that, but he's shooting a lighter puck, most likely him or her, you know, at the youth level, or then they're getting into 10U and 12U. It's just there are proportion sticks, but you don't have to go. And I'm a top brand guy. You know, I want, I want the, the latest Project X stick right. <laughs> and the lightest stick on the market and something that's going to make me feel good as a shooter because I know the mechanics of shooting better. But if I'm a, a, a student of the game and I'm learning to play, then if you could get that the same, same shaft, same size, basically the same flex. And one of the things that, that I think parents need to understand when these kids are 12, 13, 14 years old, the sticks that are made today for the pros, those sticks that you're getting aren't made to be used right. for six months season and and shot 4,000 times in the driveway they're Made for one shift. <laughs> they're made for, they're made for performance. Right. And I think so getting the lower level stick price-wise that has the same performance built into it and buying more of them over the season, I think is a, a smarter choice in my opinion. Um, but it's just a matter of finding the right balance for you, I I love, you know, Christy, the the kids go. That's why these pro shops are great. You go in, you try them, you feel them, you like the way they look. Don't look for Crosby's name and say, that's my stick. Mitch Marner. Oh, that's my stick. That's how I play. And you have to find a way to get the stick that fits you, your weight, you know, not so much the flex. I don't recommend don't go to pro shop and start flexing sticks. And, uh, you know, they're not, you're not going to be too, uh, happy leaving there with a a paying for a broken stick that you, that you broke. But I think knowing the type of stick you want, but I think at the very, you know, at the younger levels, don't just cut down an older kid's stick and say, this will be fine. If you want to do that for the driveway and stick a hockey wrap around in there, go nuts. But I think if you, (laughs) but if you're going to get, if you're going to get a a youth stick, get a youth stick and let the player grow into it. And I think, you know, I've seen stuff on social media all the time and you see the parents that have like the kids sticks as they're, we talked about this before, right? The growth chart, right. you know, you're a hockey parent. When, well, you know, when you started off with that intermediate stick and you, you've now grown, um, you know, keep that stick for your kid, but just find the right one that fits at the, at the younger levels.
1: Yeah. And as they get older, you will want a backup stick because the stick will break.
2: Well, I have, one, th- I have one thing to say about that. One thing. <laughs> There is, should never be a backup stick. Get two sticks that are your sticks, right. because you have okay. no idea. Like me, I have a backup fishing pole, but then when I yeah. break it in the car door, going, and then I don't have my, then I don't have the right pole anymore. I think it's the same thing. I, 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 I and that strikes a nerve in me just as much as helmets. So, yeah. two sticks, exactly the same. Don't get the longer one and shorter one. Oh, when I play defense, I use my longer stick, and when I play <laughs> right wing, I use my shorter stick. Find a stick that fits you, find that same stick, tape it the same way, cut it the same way, use it in practice and games. And I think even just that fact that you, but, but ha- have two sticks. Don't come they will break.
1: You get think, it. oh, that will never break. They will right. break. Right at a chances, crucial moment in the game.
2: Especially <laughs> when your boys, you know, get to be like 12, 11, you know, 10, 11, 12 mm-hmm. years old. They want to break it. Like, they're doing everything they can to break that stick. Because <laughs> they want to feel like, oh, I, I broke a stick. I'm like, don't break that stick. That's, that was
0: $280. You know, yes. another thing, too, with <laughs> with hockey sticks is, I, and I want to say this, too. Like, look, I understand, I'm, and I'm sure all the people listening and, and Mike and Christy. Look, there is a, a, a certain magic when it comes to the wand, right? When it comes to the stick and like, you don't want to take that out of your kid, but you do want it to be realistic. Okay. I mean, look, there are a lot of hockey parents out there that just literally cannot afford the top level sticks. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go back to what I said. The player makes the stick. All right. If, if, if your kid wants to be good, it doesn't take the top level stick to make them good. And I, I think that just quickly want to segue that into hockey sticks as a teaching tool. All right. Um, you know, we all know about hockey curves, right? Uh, My kid's first stick was a straight blade. His second stick was nearly a straight blade because I want him to use both sides of the blade forehand, backhand, and really understand how to use that. He'll have a time to get into curves, but he's seven. I don't care if I get him Ovechkin's curve. He's not going to have a 90 mile per hour wrist shot at seven years old. So one of the best tips I ever had during my development was not to use a big curve. Um, and, And I noticed, especially as I was developing, that I was starting to have an advantage over the other kids because I did not have a big curve. I could use my backhand better than most because it was straighter. Uh, And then obviously as I got to college and then beyond college, I started to get a little bit more meticulous in exactly how my curve was exactly what flex exactly what lie exactly how I taped it, you know, uh, but that, that comes much later, um, later on. Right. So, and again, what Mike said, it's nice that they put the pros names on the stick. I mean, that's, that goes all the way back to, you know, pop Warner football and, and little kid baseball but it comes down to the right fit, the right feel, and you do not have to break the bank um, to get a stick that works. Right. All right. And, and, again, and, see, and
1: right up. size to make, make right. sure your kids have their skates on when you size that stick <laughs> in right. that pro shot before you walk out the door, because it's got to be the right size too. So have skates on and when it comes up to the nose, right? If I'm
0: yeah, this, it's yeah. Let your kid feel yeah, it. See, how, it, the see how the blade thing. lies because Christy, Christy yeah. the truth is this: some kids, uh, you know, hunch over a little bit, some kids sit back a little bit. So there is a little bit of mm-hmm. variance on that. I mean, the standard is the mm-hmm. chin or the nose, but uh, you know, let them have yeah. the a stick, see how the blade lies flat when they're holding their stick. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, that's something you can teach your kids. That's why it doesn't matter what stick you're using. Right. And, and again, different lies hold sticks different ways. You know, I I can tell you this, Christy, you Uh, know, I used to have uh, back issues, just a quick story for the audience to show you how, how um, delicate this can be. And one of the reasons I had back issues is because they found out I was hunching over a lot when I played. Uh, So I went to physical therapy for a while. um, And this is when I was playing pretty competitively and they, they kind of reformed my posture. And I noticed that my back was feeling a lot better, but I started, I was missing pucks on the ice, which something didn't compute. Right. And what we found out was that I was actually sitting up about an inch taller because I was sitting back a little bit more. So I had to add an inch to my stick and then all of a sudden things were normal. And I, I felt a lot better to be fair, but that just shows you like how, how your kid holds their stick, how they're postured. It can really change the height of the stick. And you know, I, I got to say this too. I, I had a parent one time. I remember when I was in uh, I think midget and uh, I cut uh, about a half inch off my stick. And one of the parents was, he was a mean guy. He was like, that's ridiculous. That's not going to do anything that doesn't mean anything. You know, you don't need a half inch. You know, I still, to this day, I'm like, you know, this guy had no idea what he was talking about. A half inch can make a difference between how your blade lies and not, you know, and, and again, th- this was later on. I, mean, I was I was probably 17, 18 years old, but it really made a difference. And, and not, not to mention, I felt more comfortable with my stick that way. So, you know, th- that shows you how minute this can get uh, later on. But when you're eight, <laughs> when you're 10, yeah. it doesn't matter as much.
2: Well, the great, the great thing too, about, go, you know, going out of a wood stick now and having these composite sticks is the ability to buy composite plugs, they call them. Right. right. So you if your player is growing throughout the season and you're not so worried about that 40, 45, 50 flex, if that's not a crazy piece for you, then you just buy the plug right. and you can extend the life of that stick. And I think that's like, to me, that's a great way to save some money. And then, and, and still have that stick that's at the proper size. Right. Cause you want the stick you're like, Christy, to your point, your kids grow so fast. Like, how oh am I going, I'm not getting a new stick. I just got a new stick. Like, or, and then, you know, so some parents that maybe aren't like, you know, ingrained in the hockey world, right. Say, I just bought my kid a stick seven months ago. Why would he need a new stick? <laughs> well, they do grow. And we, we, you know, and I think we'll talk about this maybe a little bit in skates too, right. Is that don't buy the stick to eventually fit your kid. Buy the right. stick to fit your kid, and let them learn how to shoot properly with the right size stick right. that fits them. And right. then the the, the technology is out there now for eight bucks to put the plug in there and cut it, and then have that, and then build the extension uh, f- for your player. Yeah, glad you, you
1: mentioned. I forgot about can, that. And you yeah, can experiment That, that was a, lot. a great tip another parent passed along to us, and it did extend the life of the stick. So
0: that's fantastic. So parents, take note of that. That's a great tip. You might want to buy an extension when you buy the stick. Yeah, it's not a it's bad a investment. Great,
2: it's a great way to experiment and say, "I like it." No, Dad, you know, Dad, Ma, cut it, or, or you know, and they, you know, now you can experiment with the stick without cutting the stick completely down. Right. Say, okay, this is what I like. It's not going to change. Now, if you get, you know, what, what was that statistic that came out uh, this weekend about uh, char's stick as like a hundred and fifty-five flex right. stick. I mean, you know, can, can you ima- I can't even imagine this. Yeah. Like, you know, I get, But you think about all the torque and the leverage this guy's putting into a stick. But if you're if you're four two don't worry about the flex of your stick not six seven
0: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. whatever he is on skate six eleven on skate right Right.
2: you're a monster but i think in this case you know you just want the right feeling stick and the right the shaft size that you're you're kid hold in their hand Not something that's not going to be they're they're never going to grow into a hockey player
0: well speaking of growing into stuff let's transition to skates because i know that's one people are probably waiting for i'll start this segment off with a story for both of you i remember when i was about 13 or 14 years old which is a time kids typically go through ghost spurts I went through three pairs of skates in one Mm. year and uh, I thought when we got to the third one I thought my dad was going to lose his mind but uh, I grew five inches that year to be fair it was a math massive growth spurt I don't and I don't think anybody knew it was coming Uh, but we spent a fair amount of money on skates that year and we were fortunate to be in a position we could do that my dad could have told me hey curl your toes and suck it up Uh, But no, he he went through it. And, but what I do remember is that we didn't buy the top, 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 top level skate uh, that year. Um, So skates are a funny one. I'll I'll start off with skates outside of that story. Um, I can tell you one misconception right now. All right. So skates are always evolving. There's lots of different types of skates. The most expensive skate rarely equals the best skate. Okay. The best skate for your kid is the one that fits and feels the best. Okay, This was actually a tip I was given far too late uh, when I was playing. I used to go for the top skate every time, the newest skate, because the technology, it's lighter, it must be best. And I finally had an had a, um, equipment manager say, Lee, just, just go with what feels good. Go with what feels Obviously, you're not going to pick a super heavy brick skate, right? But he goes, the top level skate might not fit your foot right. We all have different types of feet. So it was funny because I ended up getting uh, maybe a level or a level and a half down from the top level skate because it felt the best. I, I trusted the guy to this date, the best skates I've ever had. Right? I, I did not need the extra, whatever, $200, $300 material. Right? It felt the best. And I went with what felt the best while also, I got to say this, while also being protective. Okay. Like they're very protective skates. But yeah, I'm going to throw this to, to both of you because I know, I mean, the amount of money you must have spent on skates, uh, Christy, for both your kids, Mike, for your kids so far. Uh, it must be incredible.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially you know, Kalachaki. We are buying the upper level skate, and they're eight hundred dollars skates. Um, and but when they were younger, um, fit was so important. And never buy skates to grow into. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. They're a little bit big. Their mm-hmm. foot's going to grow. Don't do that because the kids are going to end up with blisters. They're not going to skate well. Going to have a miserable time skating, especially if they're loose-fitting skates. So you want a nice snug fit. Um, and don't worry about it. if your, your kid's foot foot grows, buy another pair of skates. <laughs> it's worth it because that's, I mean, think about the amount of time they're skating and they're, you know, on their feet and trying to concentrate on the game. Right. You don't want them to get off the ice with feet that are blistered and sore, because then it's right. just going to make them miserable. <laughs> we always had the kids um, uh, before we left the shop, you know, like Sophia's foot's a little wider. So she went with, I want to say, I'm trying to think of the brand that they makes uh, skates that are a little bit wider for wider feet, better suited for them. And she also liked the back of the skate a little bit lower instead of real high up. So, I mean, have your kids try on different brands because right. they do vary uh, in style and comfort level. And then when they find the skate that fits well, have them put, bake them, mold them to their feet. It's
0: wonderful. Oh, it is. Much easier to break into when they're, um, when they're baked. Christy, I can tell you that growing up, uh, while I like getting new skates, it was a very painful process most years. I mean, it really took a lot of sessions to break in a pair of skates. And even in the early days of baking skates, it wasn't a guarantee. I mean, there were blisters and pain and everything Mm -hmm. in between. Uh, nowadays within one or two skates you can feel pretty comfortable uh in your skates in fact that equipment manager i talked to you about um i won't say brand names but i i had been using one brand my whole life because that was my brand right i was and then um i switched to another brand and i'm i remember thinking man i should have done this a long time ago this is so much more comfortable for my foot um like you said though i want to get into that too that skates are pretty well fitted to people's feet nowadays uh At the top, top level, you can even get custom skates built for your foot. In fact, when you go to a pro shop now, most of them have these 3D uh, applications where they can map your foot and tell you exactly what type of skate you need to get. But once again, I want to break this down by ages because it's not something you need to break the bank with at the youth level. You need to find something that fits correctly and something that, that again, not that you can grow into, but that you can just kind of jump up the next level if you need to, because skates can be a thousand dollars. And don't get me wrong. If you're playing high level hockey in your teenage years, you want to have something high level. I'm not going to I'm not going to sugarcoat that. That's you do. You want to have a really good pair of skates. But, Mike, you know, I know my kid, uh, we did the learn to play um, uh, start to the game. And I'll tell you what, it's uh, by the way, for all the parents listening, if you're a new parent, by far the best deal in America is learn to play because you get ice time and all the equipment for one hundred and fifty bucks, which. I mean, someone was complaining about, I can't believe it's 150 bucks. I'm like, just you wait. (laughs) That's such a deal. (laughs) I know. Like you have no idea how cheap that is or affordable that is. Um, And everything's, everything's, you have to go in to get fitted. Um, So that's a great deal, by the way, if you're a new parent, you only get to do it once. You only get to do it one time, learn to play. Um, Go, uh, go check that out online. But uh, Mike, let's toss it to you because again, skates, especially in those kind of formative uh, pubescent years, that's the best way to look at it. Your kid is going to guaranteed go through a few pairs at least once in their career. in <laughs> did one season.
2: Yeah. So, so the last couple of years, I've completely geeked out on blade technology and skates. I mean, literally cause I couldn't believe how bad some of the fittings were. And more importantly for me as a, as an instructor and a teacher and working with private hockey coaches how nobody paid attention to even the kids' blades and, and right. levelness and profiling. And because they, they really, you know, for most part, they really, they really come with cheap steel and steel that's not great. So as you get to, a, you know, when I say a higher level, 12, 13, four, when you can really start understanding your edges, it becomes much more of a science to understand blade profiling and, and what, you know, if you're in a five-eighths, a half-inch, a three-quarter, whatever that sharpening is. But I think as far as, like for me, I'm in the skate business. I mean, I sell skates all the time. I have my custom skates. I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm not growing anymore. Maybe, you know, maybe my foot's getting wider, but I'm not getting, I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting longer. So I think my, I think my, the issue I have with the little kids and I, for even my own kids, I've never bought them a new pair of skates ever. I mean, by the time these kids wear, you know, they're never wearing the skates out in this, in this, in this time frame. these right. skates are made so well that you can get. I, I bought uh, my little uh, seven-year-old a brand new, I mean, they're a brand new pair, especially right now, all these pandemic parents that bought skates for the kids and they didn't play all year. And then and now they outgrew their kids' skates. Like I got all these, I got all these, you go online right now in any of these sports shop, uh, flip uh, programs, like you're finding, swap, yeah, you're fine. Any, whatever it is, right. You're finding, you're finding size three, four, five, six, seven skates, brand new out of the box, worn four times, $60. It's $130 skate, $140 skate. And to Chrissy's point, they're all made to be molded. They're all made to to, to be go in. Um, and I think that's where kind of I, I would say too, if you're going to go to a pro shop, buy your skates in the pro shop, get them properly fitted, get them molded at the shop. Don't buy, you know, if you're going to buy your skates online, don't expect to go to a pro shop and have them mold your skates for free. Because uh, there's a science that a whole fitting piece. Right. And I think at the younger levels, there's zero reason. Now, again, for aesthetics, you get, like I, I see kids that are in top end skates at eight years old. And, I, you know, I, I'd rather see you spend the money on the proper sharpening and profiling your blade. And as long as the boot fits and feels good and every kid, you can't, you don't know that till you try them on. Right. And I think that's, uh, you know, the baking process, but then almost figure into your budget I my kids are going to grow out of their skates within the year. So know that if I get two pairs of used skates at least they're properly fitted because if they're not properly fitted, right, Christy, and all this money you spend on private skating instruction for skates that don't fit properly, you're 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 really not you're not getting any ROI. So I think just understand that the the, the skates are built like the sticks, right? It's they're a they're a high performance model now. They don't make even even these learn to the play skates, I think CCM give those skates out in the, in the packages. They're good skates.
0: I mean, they're, they're They're not like,
2: they're not made a, they're not made of cardboard. They're made, they're made to be baked and molded to the foot. And then listen, grow out of them, get another pair of $40, $50 skates. Yeah. I I can tell you
0: that my son has those CCM learn to play skates. They've lasted the whole season. They still look brand new. Right. Uh, And and I I mean, I'm, I, I thought for sure when I got that deal which it's again, available to everybody. I was like, well, none of this stuff's going to last the whole season. I'm going to have to, and it, it, the entire set has lasted. I'm, I'm, I actually am blown away by that.
1: And I'll always check the blades too. um, Because it might be a case too, where the skates fit beautiful. They're so comfortable. I don't want to trade my skates, but then you flip around and you look at the blade really closely. Look at it and it's worn out. Or if there's a chip in it, you can just flip the blade out very easily and replace the blade that it doesn't cost that much money either. So when your right. kid's complaining, oh, I'm, I'm just not skating well, I don't know what's going on, even though my skates feel good, it could be the
0: blade. So check that too and have a pro look at it. Right, so let's transition on. So that's gonna kind of end our must have section, right? We're gonna to go to some of the other protective equipment now, but basically just reviewing, break the bank on the helmet, get the best possible helmet you can get for your kid's head, okay? So that's where you wanna spend your money. When it comes to sticks and skates, you don't have to break the back, but you do need to do the research. You do need to take the time to make sure that it fits correctly, that it feels right. And it's going to give the best development experience for your kids. Do not be afraid to ask pro shop people their, their questions and answers. Okay. I know, I know it's a time period where we want to shop online. Uh, it, it, to me, for those three pieces of equipment, go to the yeah. store, ask the questions and buy them in the store if you can, unless you absolutely know, buy them in the store. You're paying for that experience, Right that's where you want to invest a little bit. If you can, All right? I understand the deals. I understand people love getting deals. Don't get me wrong, but right. you're, you're paying for what you get at a pro shop. There is a lot of expertise and these guys go through training to learn this stuff. every time a new, I used to remember the pro shop guys, man, every time a new piece of equipment came out, they stayed at the, you know, most of them had to study it. They got a whole presentation about it, why it's great, why it's not so forth and so on, but that's going to move us onto the other protective equipment. So basically we're talking shoulder pads, elbow pads, pants, shin guards now all right so um these are pieces of equipment i would say right away don't ever break the bank on these right this is one it's got to fit right it's got to feel right and then get this it's got to protect correctly all right i have seen so many injuries christy you alluded to this earlier above the knee below the pant where something's not fitting and and well puck will never fit in there of course it can. It happens all the time. You know what I mean? And- it is amazing how in the world that
1: puck can find itself between right. the pant leg and the knee pad is amazing. But it does. It
0: always and the does. kids
1: end up with huge, I mean, right. they'll even name their bruises. I mean, they'd be very proud of them. But uh, as a parent, you want to try and lessen those injuries. So it's really important that the pant goes yeah. and covers you know, low enough so that you have that protection. And we always buy these, get these inserts that are adjustable so that, you know, you can, the kids can pull them off. And if it needs to go a little bit higher or lower, whatever size they're in um, and make sure it covers well. Sophia is kind of, she's a CCM fan with her knee pads. For some reason, other brands just don't feel right. And your kids will tell you that they'll yeah. try them on the, ah, oh, it just doesn't feel right. So keep trying different brands because they are styled a little bit differently. Absolutely. And that's that's right. one of the things that I love about going in a pro shop too, is because they'll they'll have all these different brands and they'll say, okay, this doesn't feel right. Let's try this brand. Let's try this brand. Let's try this brand until all of a sudden your kid's gonna say, this is it, <laughs> right. mom, this feels good. I, I, and then
0: you're like, yay! <laughs> I also want to make a good point here because I think a lot of parents uh, negate this, that like, look, there is a style to the game, right? Kids like to look a certain way. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I think that's part of confidence and any pro athlete will tell you that. Like I got to feel a certain way. I got to look a certain way to, to play my best. That's not, that's not something as a parent you should dismiss unless they're saying, well, I can only wear the top expensive equipment because it makes me look the best. That's not true. But I will tell you that, that for everybody's look for everybody's style, there is an affordable piece of equipment that will fit correctly. All right. But when your kid says, well, I want to look a certain way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't brush that off. Right. Unless they're saying that it's based on how expensive a piece of equipment is, but no, Christy's absolutely right. Um, that especially with shin guards, right. I mean, you need to find something that's going to fit well. And I will also say this, as I turn to Mike, that if there's a gap in your equipment, the puck or a stick Something will find a way to show you a gap. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been chopped on the wrists, or chopped on my elbow area. That that you know uh, you know especially when you get older because they know there's no padding there. Right now, hopefully that doesn't happen too much. It's a penalty every time. But uh, Mike, you know again, not you're, if you're good. Not if you're good at doing it. Right. It's not a penalty. <laughs> right.
2: I was an expert at that. Um, yeah. So Chrissy, Chrissy's point. So, I, so here's one suggestion I give to all our learn to play parents, and there are eight you parents because the amount of sliding around on the ice and sliding into each other. There is, I would personally, with my kids always invest in a really uh, quality uh, cut resistant sock. So if your kids are wearing hockey socks, I don't mean the, I don't mean, I don't mean the, um, the stockings over the shin pads, but on a hockey sock that they're wearing, they make these Kevlar socks they are not expensive. They're, they're cheaper than an emergency room visit. And I think they, you know, you put them on the skates and what that does is cover that area in those gaps between the skate, and the, the bottom of the shin guard, I can't tell you how many kids I've seen, you know, jumping in and learn to play in AU U that, that they want to play goalie, but they're not wearing goalie equipment. And that's where all these cuts happen. And, right. and if your kids have the sharp blades like they're supposed to, you know, you just risk all this other stuff. So I definitely would recommend that shin guards. I love that, uh, Christy, that you're pointing out that, you know, when you go into a shop, you get to see not only how they feel and the weight, but the width, like some kids just don't like their, they're almost feel like they're hitting each other as they're Mm -hmm. skating, you know, down the ice. It all depends on how your kids skate. You might say, Oh, these are the most protective, you know, shin guards there are. Yeah. But they're, they're too thick. They're too thick for my kids' legs. And, And having that adjustable kneecap is great. I mean, those are huge pieces. And then as far as the breezers go, you know, making sure that they're, you know, you might want a kid, depending on who your child is, um, you know, a lot of the newer breezers or pa- hockey pants are going into like a, a waistband tie. Uh, but still, but suspenders are still really popular. Like you right, look at the pros right, right. they are really popular still because they, the pants just kind of hang on you. Um, and we did go to this whole, you know, level, right. of The Cooper all years where, when in the girdle, but the, 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 it seems like that girdle feeling is just going kind of away and players are going more for the, for right. the ability to have a little bit more freedom. Uh, in movement. And, um, you know, but that's, that's so important to know, like the, I like the suspender piece because you can kind of lower and higher kind of where that hip protection is and where the knee protection is. And as you're, are I've seen, like, I, you always know the kids at tryouts that probably grew five inches during the season. Cause they're there's their shorts are always, they're yeah. like, okay, well, this kid obviously grew five inches this year because yeah. he bought a brand new pair of pants. And, yeah. uh, yeah, so that those are the kind of things you really want to be a, 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 And then again, all that, especially that type of equipment, throw it in the sanitizer, throw it in the wash. Right. Yeah. That stuff last forever. Shin right. guards. I, you have NHL players right now that have the same shin guards they had when they were they were right. fourteen years old.
1: Right, and in between washes, you know, you can take these inserts out and yeah. and wash these. And spray down because I, I don't like to put the pads in the washing machine. I know some parents yeah, do; yeah, they yeah. like throw the whole thing. But I'll, I'll just soak it really good with a disinfectant or right. some kind of a sport spray, um, and, and do it that way. But you can take the inserts out, which get really wet and smelly. Just pull them right out and throw those into the washing I love machine after yeah, the that's, you know, or, the
0: you know- sport deter- you can look right. this up on YouTube. I mean, you can use a bathtub and just put some product. Some people do the bathtub. bathtub, yeah. Let's it soak. True. It'll look disgusting when you take it out, but it'll be yeah. clean. Yeah, yeah. And then if you're, put if you're it outside. Let let it air sun.
1: dry. Let the yeah. sun beat down on it. and Get yeah. all that stink out. Yeah. I
2: think if you're afraid to get the used stuff and, you know, again, shin guards do not go, you know, there are no, there are no expiration dates on shin guards. Just make sure that you buy a used pair. They're not, they don't have a crack in them somewhere that the rivets aren't rusted. You'll see like where the, where they attach the shin guards, to the kneecap. Sometimes they're rusted there. They're going to break quicker. But the bottom line is if you get a good pair of shin guards, especially kids that are growing inches and inches and inches during the year, it's the same idea. You should be able to get new sets of equipment virtually every year up until the time the kids are a teenager. Because they never will, there's not, there's a kid is not skating that much where they're going to beat, the, you know, beat those things up. Right. Right. So, you know, they're not like, they're not like a, a catcher's shin guards either, you know, where they're covered, you know, with a sock, you know, so they're always kind of protected. And I think it's just, you could get a pair of shin guards, you look at them I'm like, I don't know, these things look brand new to me. And uh, I think that's a great, a great piece of advice on all those pieces of equipment.
1: Right. And always teach your kids about the jersey. They need to respect the jersey. Totally. Don't just throw it in the bottom of a bag
2: the jersey
1: oh. needs to be on a look at you
2: Boy, i'm you gonna throw the game jersey in the bottom of- bag. it doesn't matter oh, but yeah i'm, I'm with christy on this I, one yeah, you, you got you,
0: you guys you guys put get put the hangers, hangar,
1: hangar you guys get the hangar respect and the jersey oh, well, Mr. Right, Finnelli, let's, let's, coach. let's dive
0: into that real quick so obviously there, there's two jerseys there's game jerseys and there's, <laughs> and there's practice you're gonna fight on this
1: one so that's okay
0: i always i always when i was coaching the game jerseys had to be respected they had to be brought in on a hanger um the logo had to be respected what I used to tell my players with their practice jerseys was it needs to be folded and placed in your bag. And I, (laughs) I had a rule, Mike, I had a rule. You don't have to agree with me, but if I ever saw a Jersey on the floor, uh, that was a problem for me. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you can fold it. You can put it on the bench. You can do whatever you need, but I never, (laughs) I don't ever want to see it on the floor. Thank uh, you. That's, that's um, uh, I
1: Coach Finnelli.
2: uh. uh I, used to, I used to be a pretty hardcore, I mean, I, are you kidding me? I used to flip out, if I go into a kid's locker room, right? And I'd go into their bags, that's how crazy I was. I would go through the kids' bags and if they had any other pieces of equipment there that wasn't our equipment, like our logo, our colors. <laughs> like if I saw the, uh, you know, Lee Elias uh, <laughs> Spring uh, Tournament T-shirt, championship T-shirt in their bag, yeah. I would literally take their bag and throw it out of the locker room and say, you are. Yeah. This is not. He is not part of our culture. He's not part of our brand.
0: Right, but so, you wouldn't see that, Mike, because my kids would be respecting that T-shirt. Right, they wouldn't just be thrown. Well, be folded
2: at least. At least it'll be folded under <laughs> shirt. But but I think you know. But I, I'm like that's a whole nother episode. I'll get into it. Yeah, we'll I'm, get into that. I'm, I'm uh, not a big wait,
1: I just soccer. need to know where you stand. So you, a, you don't require the kids to hang the jersey?
2: No, I. You're a pro hockey player. College hockey player. You're a prep school hockey player. There's 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 a lot. If you're eight years old, and I don't know. It just, to me, it's like seeing like all the kids walking in with matching sweatsuits and hats and, and, no, you know, no, it's different. I just, I just, I just different. our, our kids didn't have matching
1: anything, but they I, I, always had the Jersey on a hanger I, as
2: a sign of respect. I understand. That's 100%. I understand hundred percent. I understand hundred percent.
0: So real quick, before we jump off equipment <laughs> entirely, uh, the one thing I do want to talk about real quick is just shoulder pads, because it's been a funny evolution. Of oh. shoulder pads. Now, when I was a kid. You wanted the, wait, 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 wait. Time, out, time
2: out. I guarantee you had to have Donzies. You had to have had, I had
0: Douglas pads. I had okay. Douglas. So, right. so, so follow That's that. A great because brand, Eric Lindros though. wore them. That's why I wore them. So right, when I, right. when I was growing up, okay. Uh, again, the technology hadn't really evolved yet, but it was all about having the biggest shoulder pads. Because when I, again, when I was growing up, the game was a little bit more physical. Uh, the game was a little bit more based on physicality. So uh, logic at the time was, well, the bigger your pads, the more protective you'd be. That's absolutely not true. Um, in fact, I had a major shoulder injury with the biggest pads my senior year and it sidelined me. I had to give surgery. Um, and what we've learned is I gave these big football pads when I was a kid, what we've learned now is that two things about shoulder pads. And I do need to do need to go over this, right? Uh, fit is very important. You want to make sure that your, your, your body is covered, right? Uh, when it comes to checking, you don't need the biggest shoulder part of the shoulder pads. You need the best protective pads. And the other thing we've realized, um, more and more over the last couple of decades is whatever's covering your heart. You want a strong piece of protective material over your heart. Um, it is extremely rare that this happens, but there have been plenty of cases of a slap shot going into someone's chest and, and momentarily um, and extremely occasionally permanently stopping someone's heart. All right. So you want to make sure that the heart area of your shoulder pads is, is, is protected, Right. I do not let your kids fight you on that. If it is a thin piece of material there, obviously the older you get, the more important this is Uh, you need that area of your chest covered. And I'm saying this because they do make shoulder pads that are very light uh, that do not protect that area. I I have had high school kids say, no, I need the smallest shoulder pads possible because it makes me more agile. And don't get me wrong. uh, There's nothing wrong with having a lighter pair of shoulder pads, especially today. The game is not as physical today as it was when I was growing up. It's still physical, but you need your heart to be covered. So if your kid tells you, I want the Sherwood Fifty Thirty men's league pad, and you're playing a top level high school hockey uh, as a parent, I would tell my child, no. All right. And, and or, or you're going to need to get some padded under armor to go underneath it to cover your heart. Mike, I don't know if you have any comments on that Christy as well.
1: Oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. You, you don't mess. And, and again, look th- to me. And, and again, th- this is up for debate. Cause everybody parents differently to me, that's part of the parenting. That's uh, th- it's not negotiable for my kid is until you're out on your own you will, you will, you will wear the pads that are, well, going to there's a mind. lot of little
2: league baseball leagues that now mandate you have an undershirt with a right. pad in it. Like, and that's a piece right. of equipment. Like you have to have an underarm or undershirt, whatever, whatever brand makes that uh, like my son had to have, you know, it, it was a whole chest protector and it just the whole sternum too. It's just your rib cage your your sternum. Right. I mean, there's so areas. And I think I cringe, like when I see, you know, grown men and women that have really, and especially some of these ex college guys that are shooting on, you know, in practice, and I watched them shooting and I'm like, this kid's like, you're going to kill somebody. I mean, right. if you hit a kid with a puck, you know, that's not properly protected, you know, forget about getting it, you know, in the back or in the in the kind yeah. of the meaty muscle areas. It's just that, that that instant hit is, right. uh, you know, really scary. And I think that's, that's where I think definitely shoulder pads uh, come into play with, and Christy, it's the same idea, right? That, that shoulder, that shoulder guard and bicep guard meets the elbow guard and have that, have that one layer of protection and i think then when you know we'll talk about gloves in a second but thinking about the continuous protection of your of your arm too and how they have to attach and hinge with each other right. so that you know you're protected and i think that you know the shoulder guard you know again, again you've seen the evolution of the big Donzi, the douglases the, the bigger Douglas. eastons yeah. you know there's a huge pad <laughs> and then and then as you've gone down and, and slower and slow smaller and smaller i just saw uh uh, uh, you know, a Twitter thing of, of like Gordy Howe with like, you know, the old Cooper shoulder pads that were nothing. I mean, it was like just hanging on his shoulder right. and, you know, and of yeah, course man. he had, you know, talk about hand-me-downs. I mean, he had his number, right. another number, and then another number crossed out. This is Gordy Howe. Right. Imagine this. He's like, Oh, here, here's a pair of shoulder guards that are in the, uh, the equipment room. Take these. But I think today you'll find a pair of shoulder guards. You'll be, you'll be surprised if you get even a good quality pair, how long they'll actually last. Um, in the growth of your child.
0: Well, Mike, I also want to say too, that, that the technology in these things is incredible now. So again, when, when I was a kid, it was a football pad. It was, you know, this big hard plastic pad Right. And today with like advancements like 3DO and, and uh, you know, shock absorbent gels uh, it's amazing how far they've come to the point that really the best shoulder pads now are pretty snug. They fit pretty snug in the protective materials in the right area. Um, so what I want to say again, just rounding this out is, you know, uh, oh, by the way, for, for goaltending parents, I was going to say, we, we didn't talk about goaltending because you know, your kid needs to be fully covered to play goalie, go to a pro shop, go to a goalie expert. I've never been to a pro shop with a goalie expert that did not do a great job. they That's a whole nother episode and a whole nother yeah, thing. Right into it. Right into it. I have but, one
1: more tip. And this sure, ahead. This is from a, a goalie parent who got a little extra wear out of her kid's pads by going to a local shoe repair shop. Yeah. And the, the shoe repairman was actually able to patch up some of the goalie gear. And so she got a little bit longer life out of it. Right. So there's well, an there's, option there's for it. There's a lot
0: of ways to yeah. save money on equipment. Right, yeah. I think I think that there's two messages really. We're trying to hopefully you got a lot out of this episode. One is that just when you're buying something new, make sure it fits right, and that when it comes to helmets and skates specifically, do not you know cut corners. Right, find the right thing. If your kid grows out of his skates, he grows out of his skates. He or she, excuse me, it's time to get new skates. The other thing I wanted to impress on parents is this: is that you know it, it's also common for parents to get a little overzealous with pads sometimes and have too much padding. Uh, look. If your kid plays hockey, he or she is going to get hit with a puck. He or she is going to get bruised. He or she is going to, to have bumps and bruises from playing the game. And there is absolutely no way for any pads to completely cover the body. We're all going to have calf injuries. We're all going to lay down on the ice and take a puck up the pants. It, it, it happens, right? Uh, your arms, your, your, your kid's going to get slashed. It's going to happen, right? He's going to get chopped on the hand. Uh, you just want to have enough there that's going to protect you. Hopefully pr- not have anything break, but your kid's going to get bumps and bruises. So you have to know that, right? It, it's it's part of the game, but you have to also know that your kid needs to be protected the right way. So pads that fit, find yourself a deal on sideline swap. I, I know there's going to be a stigma now about coronavirus and disease, get the pads and clean them off before the first play. You'll, you'll be fine. Right. You know, I'm not going to say someone's not going to, put pads online that hasn't been sick, but every kid's been sick in their pads at least once you just clean right. them off. Right. Yeah. And, um, and it, it
1: doesn't live on surfaces for long periods right. of time. Absolutely. So if you disinfect it, you're all set. You're
0: going to be fine. Yeah. hundred percent. But all above right. all, find stuff that fits. If you have questions, go to the pro shop, pay those people. If you have the money, they're, they're there to help. Right. If you, if you know what you need already go online, I, wh- one last step, I have to say this, Mike, uh, because this happens a lot. And I, I can't say I blame parents for this, but, you know, when you go to a pro shop that gets sized out and then you leave and go online to buy something, I mean, look, if you really, really need to save the money, I, I get it. It's not, a, it's not an affordable sport all the time, but that is such a slap in the face to the people that work at those stores that are really trying to take care of you and your kid. Spend, spend the extra few dollars if you're being helped. That's what you're investing in, the, the correct fit, the correct person. Uh, you know, and, and again, I I've been in a lot of pro shops in my life. These people genuinely, genuinely do care and they genuinely want your equipment to be fitted correctly. So you keep coming back,
2: right? Well, but- they also, they also go right. through to your point. I mean, I've been and me as a, as a, as a coach ambassador for a number of, uh, brands, you know, I have to go through all the, the, the training. I, you go through right. all the fitting training, why it's built this way, what the benefits are, You know, and and uh, let me tell you something right now. If you're if you're gonna be a parent that's gonna shop online, get fitted at one shop, spend money on another, or you know, there's no reason why you can't negotiate with those pro shops. Say, listen, I just saw this on so and so a website, and I don't know, I'm all the way here. Can I save? You know, if you're saving five percent and you're driving, it's like my father right would save gas by driving four towns over and spend $6 to save 10 cents. So I would be like, well, we're, we're you know, I know the gas is cheaper there, but you know, it's not, you're here. So right. just get it. And so I think the same thing with equipment. And I think Lee's a hundred percent, right. The, the pro shops that I've dealt with, they care. They want you to talk. They want to banter. And most of the time, 99% of the time, these are ex players that are going to say like, my son just got lacrosse equipment yesterday in the store. Don't get that. I know it looks good. It feels good. <laughs> I've worn this. It's no good. Don't get it. I mean, I, I you don't need it. Like, and and most of the the young guys and girls that work in these shops, they're not trained to upsell you. Right. Like they're not trained to say, oh, you know, make sure if you got them on the hook, get them in the higher cost. They're like, right. listen, I wouldn't get this. You don't need right. it. Get this. this. and it's a great look at this is what I use. Go to guy, go to players and, and you know, men and women that use the equipment, that are in the equipment, that live in it. And they're the ones you want to get to. Now, if you're going to get a used pair of skates online, go nuts. But I yeah. think if you want the quality of your local yeah. pro shop, 100%, we need those brick and mortars because the only real way to try something is to feel it in sports.
0: Mike, I got to say this, and then Christy, I'll give you the last word, is the, the last year notwithstanding, the last year I completely understand if everybody bought something online. Right. Okay. right. But don't, don't rob your kid of that experience of going to a, a, a pro shop. Uh, you, know, you know, I try and think through the mind of myself as a young kid. That was a big deal, a big day when I got to go to the, the hockey store. Not, not, again, I got to say this because um, I don't want to be uh, insensitive. I completely understand if there's a budget and you do not have a lot of money, like I'm very conscious of that with some parents that they're really trying to make ends meet. But if you have the means or the ability or you save, let your kid go to the pro shop and let them go nuts in terms of trying things and having fun. That, that was such a big day. Every year when I got to do that, it was exciting. Dare I say a bonding moment between my father and me or my mother and me, if we were going and pro shops today, you know, when I was a kid, it was a shack. You went in, they might have what you're looking for, Man, you could go to pro shops. They, they have ice in the back. They have a shooting machine. They'll let you play around. You can try, they have a wall of sticks. You can try the sticks. It's, it's like a wonderland. It's like, it's like a theme park. If you find one of those places, Right. Let your kid experience that. Uh, you know, like that's part of the joy of playing. plan. And again, that's my inner kid coming out. Um, if you can do it, I gotta keep saying it. If you can do it, I don't listen. Want it to-
2: worked for Gordon Bombay. Go in there <laughs> and 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 feel yeah. the shop. That's like one of the best right. pieces. Hendricks and, and all these shops have you know they have that memorabilia and they have the right. old jerseys and that's right. so important. Listen, I'm not. And again, and, and if you have a shop that you go to that also has you know brick and mortar and online. That's great too. I mean, you don't have to actually leave your house, but you just help those local pieces that are helping build hockey in your community. They're always going to be the first ones. I know the the shops that I work with, if I say, Hey, we're doing a goalie clinic. You have any old goalie gear? All of a sudden I'll have $5,000 in goalie gear in my backyard. (laughs) Right, you got to go to the people that know the, the, know the, the, know the clients, know your kids. And I, I love that, 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 and that's missing that, cultural feeling of walking into a a, a hockey shop and seeing you know all these hockey guys you know this i i just go to see what the great the latest mullet look is you know on the (laughs) the employees
0: so the pro shops are going to love us after this episode go to your local shop and it's really fun so i mean
1: sophia's been going to our local pro shop since she was three and it's been you know benji is our guy and he has been outfitting her since age three and such a sense of pride in right. him to see her go from you know skating at age three and this learn to skate all the way through travel hockey years now playing college hockey when she walks into the shop he just beams like he's like a proud dad you know it's right. like so f- yeah you're not getting you're not getting an attic girl
2: from the virtual agent online right
0: so i love
1: that
2: i love that i think that's great
0: yeah yeah it's just such a great bond too
1: that you develop with with you know the folks at the pro shop too they get to know your kids and you and your family and it's a family atmosphere i love it
0: we live in a digital world but don't be afraid to make those connections uh it is it is part of the game and it's something special uh so with that said, I think we've been over all of it. If you have any questions about any other equipment you'd like to ask us, feel free to email us at uh, team at our or you can find us on social media, but this has been a pretty enjoyable episode. We were thinking about it. We know it's the end of the season. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people will replay this at the start of the season, but you know, above all, make sure the kids' equipment fits, make sure that you're, you're within your budget and ha- make it an experience, have fun with your kids. They love it. They love it. I know it's not a fun experience for the parents when you have to pull the wallet out. But it is a fun experience for your kids. Find ways for them to earn that experience. That's another thing we didn't talk about, right? It's just, you know, you don't have to just go. Hey, listen, if you get good grades in school, (laughs) we'll go to the pro shop. I I remember, real quick, sorry. Last thing, I I just remembered this. I remember uh, one of the deals I had with my dad when I was a peewee, when I started playing hockey, was I remember uh, I wasn't scoring a lot early on. And I remember he made a deal. I was like, when you score your first goal or get your first point, we're going to go right to the pro shop and get you your team hat. And I remember saying to him, like, well, like the next day, he's like, no, right after the game, if they're open, we're going right to the pro shop to get your team out. I scored the next game, (laughs) you know, and and I'm not saying it was because of that, but that was fun, man. I was, that was the thing. Me and my dad, we had something there. You know what I mean? And, and, um, there's a lot of ways you can make this not as painful as it probably sounds, but, uh, any last words, Christy, Mike.
1: Yeah. Um just yeah uh, have fun with it like you said lee it is you know these are opportunities to really bond with your kids do your homework you know know your research about the different styles and the size and the fit there's a lot of information out there uh where you you can you can spend time knowing before you buy that's really important to know before you buy and then, and like Lee said, your kids are going to get bumps and bruises. There's no way to avoid it. So stock up on the ice and ibuprofen.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I was also going to say, if, if, if you're not re- researching, your kid is. There's plenty of YouTubers yes. that are gear nuts. Your kid knows. No. So make sure you maybe make that part of the process too. That's Mike, right. Mike, any last words? Are we good?
2: Yeah, I think we're good. Just if you see my son in a brand new set of gloves, don't at me. Don't, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't reach out to me. He's probably earned it. now. just just yeah. have fun with it. I, I love that, you know, love the idea of, uh, you know, being a part of that journey with the kids. And uh, you know, I love the gear nut kids and the kids right. that really want to know what kind of stick somebody's using or what, what kind material. of tape job somebody has and all that kind of stuff. That's all fun. It's all part of the game. Get ready for the bumps and bruises. It's, uh, you know, nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, and, and enjoy it. And when you think about plan ahead, Start looking in, and uh, for that used equipment on the market because uh, over the summer, your kids are going to grow out of everything.
0: Right, man. Make it a make it a fun process. And just know that there's no pads for over four year olds that are going to make you safe. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Make sure you check out all of our other episodes on ourkidsplayhockey.com or wherever podcasts can be heard. The show's growing. I want to thank you, the audience, once again, for being so awesome. Uh, we've got nothing but great compliments back about the show, and we're going to keep doing it the entire summer into next year. No, no seasons here. This is just ongoing until it's not for Christy Casciano Burns and Mike Benelli. I'm Lee Elias. And we'll see you on the next edition of our kids play hockey. Have a great day, everybody.